You're listening to the We Are Libertarians podcast network. Find all of our shows at wearelibertarians.com. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify. The global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com tech. You're listening to the We Are Libertarians podcast network. Find all of our shows at wearelibertarians.com. Welcome to the Chris Spangle Show. Today, we are going to be talking about disinformation. Uh, everybody's favorite topic right now. Uh, we have talked for a long time in the show about the problems of social media like we did last week. And there's uh, the left and right want to censor everyone. And they want to fix it with the government. Oh, we need to remove Section 230 or we need this or that. And we've always preached, don't let the greater censor inside the house to punish the lesser censor in social media. Well... Joe Biden has blinked first and is uh, making a move to set up a disinformation board. Uh, so we're going to explore that. And the lady running it is a treat. So stay tuned. You know what? I just realized that I'm using the wrong intro for this. <laughs> oh, hold on here. Let's, let's at least have some normality here. Warning. This show is for adults by semi-adults. So the language is sometimes strong and offensive. Uh, I don't know what I said. Uh. Welcome to the Chris Spangle Show. Our goal is to help you sound smarter while talking to your friends. If you struggle to understand politics, we explain it from an independent libertarian point of view. With all of the irreverence it deserves, we toss out the screaming heads, put people before political parties, and give context to the news to make you think. Now, here's our host, Chris Spangle, a 15-year veteran of politics and media. Um, you know, I thought about changing that intro anyways, just because I don't want Donald Trump in there anymore. <laughs> or even really Ron Paul. <laughs> uh, so we, we may have to adjust it. And I don't use it for every one of these shows. You know, if I'm doing an interview, I don't want them to have to... I don't want the, the guests that I have, have on to sit through the long intro. And I could do it later, but I'm kind of lazy. So I don't know. I may, I may need to change this a little bit. We'll see. I know some of you really love the intro, like have it memorized and committed, you know, to memory full stop. But uh, we'll see what we're going to do. We need to standardize things a little bit. Uh, it's the year of professionalization. It's the year of getting our things together. So thank you for joining us. Uh, before we start, we always like to thank all of our patrons, members of Wall Plus, as we call them here. And you can join by going to patreon.com slash wearelibertarians or joinwallplus.com. That's W-A-L. should probably get W-A-L-L just to, to be safe in case somebody types that in. It's very, uh, you know, uh, stupid of me because I have to explain that every time and you shouldn't have to do that. So if, if you don't know and you love this show and you can't get enough... You have to talk. You have to go join the uh, the Patreon. You have to join Wall Plus because you're getting an extra show a week. Now you're getting early, early, early episodes of History of Modern Politics at the ten dollar level. You're getting uh, the, the Build the Wall 
which is an infrequent look, it should be a more frequent look at the uh, building of We Are Libertarians. Uh, I need to get my stuff together on that. You get the complete archives of the network, of this show. There's like 12, 1300 shows that are not in our feed. You can go back and listen uh, before 2018 uh, to some of all, uh, when we were funner, uh, but less informative, for sure. Um, lots of great stuff in there. Uh, the shows like Creating Maya and The Untouchables and Storytime with Gina and shows you probably have never heard of and co-hosts you've never heard of. You get the full archives in there and you get ad-free episodes. If you're tired of all the advertisements, then you can go and sign up for Wall Plus, get the weekly bonus show. Next week is a treat. We've got Dale, our life coach, coming on to, uh, to just give us some life lessons. Last week, we finished up part two and talked about uh, the, uh, you know, all the important issues regarding democracy and how to move forward in a world of social media because it's not working very well. But thank you, especially to our $100 a month members, Vincent Peichel. He's brand new. Thank you so much to Vincent. Lars Nordskog, Jake Edel, Matthew Durbin, Ryan Hold, Christy Avery, and Jason Doolittle, who is not last or least in my mind. Thank you to every Wall Plus subscriber for keeping the network thriving. We are going to be talking today about Big Sister. Big Sister is watching you. We are, uh, it's finally here. Yes, John <laughs> John Ulrich brought up one of my, you know, I love to kind of talk about, you, you got to have hooks. So let me pull behind the curtain you got to have things that people remember you for. And I like to choose things that are kind of silly. Some some libertarian podcasters like to uh, choose hooks that uh, are, are memorable, that are ugly, uh, not tasteful. Uh, I like to hate Canadian geese. Uh, I like to... What else do I hate? Canada? You know, so anytime you see a Canadian goose, you think of me. And then you go, maybe I should listen to that podcast. That's why you do those sorts of things. And someone said to me that they, they, you know, sending me good vibes the other day, and it reminded me of, of like, when I used to rant about that. Just say prayer. Quit being embarrassed by prayer. Now, of course, I went to see Stephen Furtick and 20,000 people at a worship service last night uh, at Conseco Fieldhouse, so I'm feeling extra Jesus-y. Uh, but it was incredible. It was so, so much fun. We had a great time. But yeah, good vibes are nothing. It means nothing. I'm sure Reinhold disagrees, but... You know, just say prayer. I'm praying for you. Good, sending good vibes and prayer is the same thing. There is no difference between them. It doesn't make it. I mean, I would be okay with somebody saying they're praying for me because what I what I look at it, I mean, is that they're giving you what they feel is the most powerful thing, most uh, visual display of of their beliefs. So yeah. why would you? poo-poo on that or discount that they're giving you what they you know, may not agree with what they believe but it doesn't mean that they're not giving you a heartfelt love and care because it's i take it easy it's it's Pray all you want for me it's language it's the perversion of language reinhold you just love to pervert the language <laughs> uh that is the the voice of reinhold uh he is my uh, longtime sparring partner and uh harry how are you you are uh you are looking well like you always do like a nerd 
Hi. Look, 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 we're doing this. Franny's doing all the intro, like five minutes into it. Better than most. But yeah, I'm, (laughs) you know, I I am what I am. I am a massive nerd. I, 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 I do what I can. I saw a meme the other day. It was like me, a nerd, slapping another nerd. And then it's like calling someone a fucking nerd. <laughs> it's always funny because I do that. I like to call people nerds, even though I'm very clearly aggressively a nerd. Yeah, yeah. You're the you're really like an audio nerd, which always freaks me out because it's both the only piece of technology someone should ever take Spangles' advice from. Anything else, anything Spangles advises you on, disregard that. But when it comes to all right, thank you for joining us, Harry. It's been great to have you on the podcast. Uh, look forward to hearing you on other shows. All right, so let's get started today talking about there's a there's a new government agency which is fantastic, isn't it? Don't we just love new government agencies? And uh this is let me pull up this article here, window. Uh this is from Homeland Security Today.us and uh standing up Disinformation government... Who wrote this headline? DHS standing up, meaning creating a disinformation governance board led by warfare expert. Information warfare expert. Now, this woman works for the Wilson Center, which is a very establishment think tank. Think Woodrow Wilson, a foundation created in his name. Uh, Incredibly aggressive foreign policy, everything libertarians don't like about uh, foreign policy, the Wilson Center pushes, uh, and she works for them. She is now the executive director of this new board. A new board at the Department of Homeland Security will focus on countering misinformation and disinformation, Homeland Security Secretary Alejandro Mayorkas told lawmakers today, with Wilson Center fellow Nina Jankowitz, that's how I'm going to pronounce it, separately confirming that she would be the executive director of the board. During a hearing before the House Appropriations Subcommittee on DHS to discuss the fiscal year budget, um, Rep. Lauren Underwood, a Democrat from Ohio, stated that disinformation is a huge threat to our homeland and said Mayorkas has noted that it's a concern of yours at the border with human smuggling organizations peddling disinformation to exploit vulnerable migrants for profit. Citing the Senate Intelligence Committee's report on tactics used in the 2016 election campaign, she added that foreign adversaries attempt to destabilize our elections by targeting people of color with disinformation campaigns. A newer trend that we saw in the 2020 election, Underwoods continue, uh, and already in 2022 midterms, is that disinformation is heavily targeted at Spanish-speaking voters, sparking and fueling conspiracy theories. Completely separate, Harry. Totally separate. Now, that may be true, but totally separate, Harry, is that the Latino vote is trending Republican and more Latinos, excuse me, Latinx, voted for <laughs> voted for uh, Trump in 2020 than they did in 2016. Yeah, complete coincidence. And remember, it's just Latino, okay, or Latino do not. No, Latinx. Latinx, no, 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 no one uses that. No one uses that. Okay, we don't use that here. Okay. Reinhold uses right. it. No. 
<laughs> Reinhold is not yep. Reinhold is not necessarily woke, but I love pretending that he is. Like there's <laughs> some fake article going around that men, you know, midwives are being taught to push babies through their penis. And I'm like, Reinhold, did you write this? <laughs> and, Part of my disinformation campaign. Right. But now, compared to most libertarians now, you've turned into a woke, a wokester. But I'm, I'm aware of things that go on that people are, you know, have issues with. That's what that is. I mean, yes. that's, that's really what woke is, is being aware of other people's feelings and needs and issues that they deal with. So, you know. I'll take that label. But. All right. Thank you for joining us here on the program, Reinhold. We look forward to hearing you on future episodes of some other show. Have a nice life. Uh, no, I'm just kidding. Um, yeah. But, but yeah. I mean, the, Latin, so the Latinx thing, just to work quick, Latinx thing is, is badly implemented and kind of silly the way they did it. I and understand what they're Let's trying be to honest. Patronizing and insulting to yeah, many I, people of Hispanic right. heritage. I, I understand what they're trying to go for. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, you've got a gendered language. You're trying to make it ungendered. But that's the, that was the most silly way, and and yeah, as you said, patronizing way to do it. So, yeah, again, yeah. very very changing racist, the language, very Eurocentric. Okay, all right, very European centric. Why do that? Why? Hmm? Oh, because when you leave the United States and Europe, most places care. You know, they talk about race, but they talk about it freely, and things are gendered. Welcome to the rest of the world. Right. I see what you're saying. So because you're trying to make it more like English, then Mm -hmm. it's Eurocentric. Yeah. The other thing with it is also is the also the the thing is like when you say like black culture here in the United States, it's like like this authentically back. It's like you've talking about people who don't really have like a talk to like home country or massive culture from another country. When you come about like or Latinos or Latin people, also where are they from? Are they Mexican, Honduran, Cuban, Puerto Rican, um, Venezuela, but Belize, uh, Colombia, even in the Dominican, I learned like the north of the Dominican island speaks a different dialect than the south of the island, Mm -hmm. different language. Mm-hmm. And there's also a crossover. Like, there's had been, like there's so many people that were shocked and were trying to complain about the Disney movie Encanto, and it was like, who are these people? What are their? What, why are their hairs like this? I thought this was a country. It's like, yeah, the hell it is. Down there. That's how some of the people are. I loved it's- Encanto. I thought it was great. You know, when we were at, um, despite Latin, our comments on Latinx, I'm a big fan of representation. Like, I don't. Mind that I've never seen a white male face in any commercial anymore. Uh, which is uh, back in my day, we saw white people in commercials. You know, we were in when we were in the Dominican, there was a uh, we became friends with one of the guys, Orlando, and he was showing us pictures of his daughter and that she had a Moana birthday party because Moana is you know brown, lives on a on an island, like. She really identified with that princess, you know, and Kanto is just expanding that. And, you know, my stepdaughter loves it, watches the sing-along all the time, you know, that kind of stuff I have no problem with. Uh, and and uh, that's all good stuff. But uh, anyways, we're off topic. Back to uh, the censorship here in the government. Uh, They're so... Politico Playbook reported that DHS is standing up a new disinformation governance board to coordinate countering misinformation related to homeland security focused specifically on irregular migration in Russia. Nina Jankowicz, who studies the intersection of democracy and technology in Central and Eastern Europe as a Wilson Center Global Fellow, 
has advised the Ukrainian government on strategic communications and is the author of How to Lose It, The Information War, Russia, Fake News, and the Future of Conflict. Uh, I just bought the book. I'm going to read the book, uh, so I'll report back on that. Uh, she tweeted out, Honored to be serving in the Biden administration and helping shape our counter-disinformation efforts, adding that a huge focus of our work and indeed one of the key reasons the board was established is to maintain the department's uh, commitment to protecting free speech, privacy, civil rights, and civil liberties. More to come as we dig into the big job. Like, if you're on the um, further right spectrum, <laughs> like, a... this. this Reinhold, this has like all the 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 uh, things that inflame them. Uh, she is a who stu she studies the intersection of democracy and technology at the Wilson Center, who's a global fellow and has advised the Ukrainian government and wrote a book on in the information war and how Russia and fake news and everything. Like, if you're in the Mises caucus, your head is exploding right now. <laughs> <laughs> all right reinhold has no comment <clears throat> um but in february uh they said that anyways so that that's the the new board so who is this uh nina janowski person um so she said in an interview earlier this month with npr promoting her recent book let me just expand this for you guys so you can read along too this is from reason.com uh, yesterday, in an article uh, by Joe Lancaster, new DHS board seeks to counter what it thinks is disinformation. So she wrote, uh, she told host Michael Martin, I shudder to think about if free speech absolutists were taking over more platforms. What that would look like for the marginalized communities all around the world. We need platforms to do more, and we frankly need law enforcement and our legislators, legislatures to do more as well. And in other countries that are looking at this, you know, the UK has an online safety bill that's being considered right now, which, remember, if you remember last week, Jonathan Haidt said that was a model piece of legislation to rein in these different platforms uh, because mm -hmm. Congress is, is non-functional where they're trying to make illegal this currently, quote, awful but lawful content that exists online where people are being harassed. So this gives you an insight into the wildly over-the-top reaction to Elon Musk buying Twitter, which we'll talk a little bit about that later. Uh, like, this week in tech, I love Twit. I, I you know... <laughs> Used to, used to love Jarvis and Leo, but like at the end of this week in tech, they're like, "This is just Elon buying. This is just the end of democracy." <laughs> like, uh, I mean, the reaction this week from the left over Elon Musk buying Twitter has been phenomenally insane. I mean, Reinhold, please, even even you have to think that has been over the top. No, you don't see. Well, here's what you guys are missing. <laughs> what what they have to do this in order to make sure that I, you know, I can't go the straight face. I'm <laughs> trying to play devil's advocate. I cannot do it. This is the stupidest thing I think I've ever heard of. And oh. trying to get politics involved in in this sort of thing. I, I spoke last week about how we don't have any, you know, agreed upon source of truth that everybody kind of goes to to say, okay, this is what the facts are. 
the worst thing you could do is get politics involved in it because as soon as you get <laughs> politics involved in it, you can't be truthful. You start having to change things for the political reasons, right? Yep. And then you've got, like, I mean, Fauci's a great example of that where he gets in there and Trump wants him to say certain things and then Biden wants him to say certain things. So he's flip-flopping, trying to appease his masters and makes mm -hmm. a whole mess of everything, right? And on top of that, a great point was pointed out to me earlier that I had almost forgotten about. If you put in a board for in for disinformation and and making sure what's truth is being presented properly, mm -hmm. what happens when if Donald Trump gets back in office? Exactly. Two now, years from now, he's in it. right. It's insane. It's exactly what we had said so many times through the Obama administration. Okay, create the Consumer Protection Financial Board. What happens when Donald Trump wins, guts it, and puts Mike Mulvaney in charge of it, and it's no longer functioning? All of the executive orders that Obama, because he couldn't get things through Congress, Trump comes in and deletes them. First day of the Biden administration, Joe Biden comes in and removes a ton of executive orders from Donald Trump, except all the immigration ones. Like... This is no way to govern, and and so you start creating free speech boards. What happens when Donald Trump and his alternate vision of the world, where he just says the you know everybody has become reactionary? Uh, you know, I, I asked you, Dennis or Reinhold, excuse me. Um, call those alternate facts. Yes, uh, his name is not Dennis; it is Reinhold. <clears throat> um, what what is the with the freak out of? Elon Musk and you had the best point. You go, people they don't like are having a, a happy reaction towards something, so they have to freak out and say they don't like it. Like it's, li I think you nailed it. It's literally a reaction to the reactionaries, and everybody's just constantly because nobody's operating out of principles anymore. Nobody's stopping and think because everybody's just living in the now in the news cycle, controlled by, you know, of a, a tweet, and they, it's like Donald Trump talks to one person. And has one idea, and then he comes in, and another guy comes in and sends him off. The, it's like that's how we're all operating. It's insane. All right. So first off, the Ministry of Truth. All right, in this need of person, one shout out. Finally, a millennial is getting in charge of a <laughs> government department. A TikToker, so, yeah. no less. Which we'll yeah, play for you. Yeah, millennials. Yeah, we're, we're, we finally made it. Okay. All right. So the. Other thing is, you know, it's you're coming from a government that, you know, endorses things that aren't mistruths and also gave themselves a leeway to lie to the, the American people because if they don't lie to the people. What are you talking about? And if we name had some a examples, of truth, if we had a thing of truth, one, the 1619 project wouldn't exist. It would be thrown in the dustbin of history of this is freaking garbage and, and destroys history. The other thing is truth takes a while. All right. It's more of a, that was true. We, we know this because five years later we checked that. And we got all the sources from it. So this whole real-time truth thing, that's, come on, that's not going to work, especially right. on a government agency. In order to even be possible, by the time it's considered truth, that means it's evergreen and we can put it in a book. Now, but are, the idea that, why, why are you attacking the 1619 Project? What, what's, your, are, what's your beef? Oh, the 1619 Project? Yeah. That it says the United States started in 1619 because it's like that's when slavery started. The United uh, started in the Americas, and that the American Revolution was started because they were trying to keep slavery here in the United States, which is utter bullcrap. That's why. That's why. That's it. 
yeah there's definitely some problems with the history of it um what what that the the american revolution was fought to keep slavery in the united states or sorry the americas because for some reason they believe that's the that if they were going to just stay with england they the england's eventually going to take away their slaves which is not the case because england allowed some slavery harry Harry is spicy today (laughs) right let's harry what do you think about uh kids being forced to choose their pronouns in second grade <laughs> I, all right so like it, as an english lesson i can understand it but the idea of like telling them oh well, you can't tell your parents and keeping that discussion i dislike anytime you trying to tell a kid under 18 hey but don't tell your parents yeah. that sus super sus there's a local school that is apparently doing that i've alerted rob kendall um I, uh, all right reinhold your 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 chance to say the opposite of whatever harry just said now go ahead Fight. Uh, I think the uh, fight 1619 project had a few good points and a few bad points, and I wouldn't look to it as a source of truth. As I wouldn't look at any single point of information as a source of truth, uh, and they're adding politics into it, which is exactly what I'm talking about. You can't add politics into the whole thing because that doesn't work. It 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 changes things, and people see that, and then it's just a mess. As far as the gendered thing, the that's a whole thing I can get into. I don't know if you want to spend an hour. We don't. <laughs> we don't want. No. We'll, I, we'll just go move on. I think that. we need to do a DeSantis episode because, like, I think it was a good thing to, to to say to schools you can't tell kids that they're not allowed to tell their parents something, or even though it had it, you, you like the change. It, they were right to take out the thing where you were punishing teachers, uh, but. Punishing Disney and adding a billion dollars to the burden of taxpayers is insane. Uh, so there's, you know, I don't know. He's yeah, a complicated, yeah, yeah. interesting person, but we'll yeah. do an episode on on all that yeah, later. Yeah, the real threat was so. the real threat should have just been we're going to give Universal the, a better deal, <laughs> right? <laughs> it's, Universal's better, anyways. I like Universal yeah, sure. way better than Disney. That's would have been the other score. Like we're going to give them the better deal. We'll show you. Yeah, I I don't have kids, so I prefer to go Universal any day of the week. Yeah, I mean, as a kid, I preferred Universal. Disney was just nothing but lines. Yeah, um, so many lines. I just you know, as we adult, are. I never. Run. We are so ADD well, I, today. I know, right? This yeah, is like old school wall. Yeah, but I do. Old- ha- I do have a. I do have to say there. I have a kind of a weird relationship with the universal because i've never experienced lines there but partially because the only time i've been there was when the place was bought out for an event that i was at from microsoft so yeah it was just my group that was my it. mom we broke her leg one year <laughs> so my mom broke her leg one year so we got to go to the front of the line because she was like i need a wheelchair um all right so back to disinformation but harry your point is right on it, it's like well, the the governing board of disinformation needs to act quickly, and so we need to remove any kind of reference to the fact that the that the kid was not getting in the face of the Native American guy at the Capitol. We need we need to you know if you were talking about your own personal health issues, let's say somebody got a shot li- last year and had heart issues with the vaccine and wants to go on and tell their story, <clears throat> is that misinformation? Let's say somebody you're a you're a, a credentialed historian that wants to quibble with the 1619 project. Is that misinformation if you write a book, you know, for a libertarian think tank? If you are 
questioning whether or not the United States should send f- billions of dollars to the Ukraine right now. Is that misinformation? Uh, what What is misinformation? And should the government be deciding it? I never thought the social media platforms should be deciding it. Because once they started to, to get into deciding what is and what is not political misinformation it's it's they have taken a hammer to what is what was needed as a scalpel and that is not to say that as i said in the bonus episode that the like russian bots chinese bots these are real they are trying to influence our elections you can read the mueller mueller report like reinhold did like do we do we as a nation really want these countries interfering in our elections we don't want we as libertarians don't want us to be interfering in their elections. So why would we, why would, you know, so where, where do we draw that line? Go ahead, Reinhold. Well, I do have a quick take on that one though. The Russian thing is that we're trying to say, Oh, that Russia can't say this stuff about our elections. And last time I checked the right to free speech was guaranteed to every single person, not every single citizen, not every single American, but every single person in alienable rights. It's a human right. From, yeah, they, they come from being a human. They come from being alive, not from any government. They can't be given to you by a government. They can't be taken away from it by a government. They can just be defended. So why we, are we violating our own rights, our own uh, belief in, in what these rights are, just because we're worried that Russia is going to lie about us? They're going to do it anyway. And then they're they're only saying things that people on the right are already saying. But people <laughs> without masters, but people without master gr- degrees might be fooled by it, Reinhold. Yeah. Well, I mean, we need we need people with like we need Harvard and think tanks and other places of information where people can go to and say, you know what, they've looked at it. This is their thinking. This is their reasoning. This is why they're pointing it out. That's why I like going to different. I, I love reading the left and the right side of an issue. I, I go to CNN and read it. Or I go to Fox and read it. I'll see what they're saying against each other. Op-eds, uh, mm-hmm. Real Clear Politics used to do, does this thing where they do a, a topic, and then they'll have somebody from the left and somebody from the right right there. And you can read the differences, and you can see this person saying this, and this other person saying, oh, yeah, but you didn't mention this, and this changes things. And then they kind of counter back and forth. It's how Dan Rather got caught, right? Right. You know, because people said, no, this is this is bull and this is why. And they put the information out there and people realized it. So mm-hmm. the truth comes out eventually. It's just a case of are people willing to accept it? Are they, or are they so blind in their allegiances these days that's been cultivated through misinformation on both sides? Are they willing to change their views on that? Well, the, 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 that's the, the biggest thing we need to fight. The reason that right-wing media has grown – and this is the problem with much of the pro- progressive vision is their solutions to these problems backfire and don't work. You you ended up creating a stronger, more aggressive right-wing media ecosphere on the back. I literally just saw an ad for Piers Morgan um, and his new TV show on Fox. And the whole thing was, they tried to cancel me, but I'm uncancelable. Subscribe to Fox Nation so you can see my new show because I won't be silenced and canceled. That's literally the script of it. And so these guys, you know, Sagar and Crystal, their whole their whole deal is just like growing their media outlet on the backs of we're not CNN. So you created this whole new right-wing media sphere because people need they 
people want to find out they don't trust these large institutions anymore. And they know that they're being lied to when it doesn't fit their own personal experiences. You know, so they want they want an alternative viewpoint and someone will always give them that alternative viewpoint. Like when when they always take advantage of that too. Right. When when the Daily Wire spends, you know, hours and hours and hours creating a need for a new children's programming service because they are talking about how Disney is a bunch of groomers. They're not only doing that because they want to give alternative entertainment to people. They're doing it. They're cre- they're spending their time. Who qui bono? Who benefits? They're doing it to make Disney look bad to grow their own bottom line. Mm-hmm. Not that that's libertarian. That's capitalism, right? Like so, you just whatever you can choose to buy the service or not. The problem mm-hmm. is when people want to come in and say you can't do that. You can't have the- so. You created the need for these new services that you don't like because you took all of these regular people. I'm not talking about the ugly people who are threatening to kill people uh, that that are wildly violent and harassing, you know, or doing and saying illegal things. And I think it's perfectly within the, within the rights of these services to not allow um, pornography if they don't want, for instance, or anything that violates local laws or that sort of thing. Um, but when you took people like your racist uncle off of the platform, you you took away the chance for that person to be checked. Mm-hmm. And you sent them away to places where they're unchecked. And so let's sit back five, six, seven years from the decision to start moderating content and kicking people off of these platforms and ask ourselves, are we getting good results? Yep. And the answer is decidedly no, because it feels like everybody's getting more racist. Everybody's getting more aggressive. Everybody's the, – the very foundation and social fabric is being eroded. The common stories are, are being eroded. Like, there's there's definitely a dark side uh, to all of this on both sides, uh, you know. And I I do understand why the left is freaking out because Twitter moderation has you know has advanced to a point where it's like people want it to be peaceful, Harry. They right. they don't want to have to look at things they don't like and ugly things, and they shouldn't be you shouldn't be harassed for your race on a platform. Like there's just no place for it. Yeah. Um, and they they are afraid that that's going to go backwards, especially considering the very real problems at Tesla and you know racial <laughs> issues space. that have gone on there. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But the but just like uh, the Romans late, later found out, like with Christianity, the, the more you try to push underground and suppress it, it kind of grows. Christianity yeah. grows really well when you try to push it down, and then. And like you said, when the backfire thing, think of how like Alex Jones really got his start. He got his start because the government and all the news agency covered and lied about Waco. That's how people started to really listen to Alex because he reported on what the heck happened at Waco. He went there right, and said, this is what happened. This is what was lied to you about that event. And that's when people was like, oh, my God, this guy's spitting. You know, we've got a there's other alternatives out there, you know, just like how, you know, um, the golden EIB microphone got started because when they controlled everything and someone else wanted another another voice, here's this guy, you know, here's this, you know, loudmouth on a uh, on a microphone and on AM radio station to pick up to and go read Rush's books. Like the same stuff was happening then. Like we're not we're just having the same arguments about different things. Like if you go read Buckley 
by Carl Bogus, you see the same arguments were happening back then. Like it's you know yeah. we're not yeah, we're, re- like we're reinventing the arguments. Correct. This was like Dr. Thomas Sowell talked about this, and he's like, it's very frustrating. The reason why he like retired is he said like I'm having the exact same arguments that I had in the 70s and 80s right now. Like we have discussed these, we have torn down these bad ideas, but some people won't go back and read some old books because like oh that's old. Well, this is the new book. This is the better book. I was like, listen, I've you know especially Thomas Sowell's like I've gone traveled to these places to you know and understand what the heck is going on i didn't sit in my uh ivy tower right down like this is how these people feel down in this area i actually went through those you know but the issue with like the misinformation is like when you do when they do get caught in that big lie and they get and get to uh get exposed for that because it also shows you that the whole thing like knowledge is power it shows you how powerful being controlled what the truth is and that information or the control of the firehouse or information is the be- biggest baddest weapon you know in our in, in our time is just information getting information fast enough you know it's because the other things of like misinformation when we talk about are we going to really take about misinformation because uh, the term white nationalist or calling someone an alt-right uh, yahtzee or something like that that term gets tossed around so much to people who aren't that is that what we're talking about misinformation? Can someone get kicked off the plat- a platform for to calling somebody that? If you're because if you're no- calling people a groomer, you're watering down the term groomer for a very real problem for Correct. your political Correct. expediency and you're you're the exact analog as the people running around calling you a Nazi which you've railed against for 10 years. Like mm-hmm. you're doing the same thing. You're watering down the word. Like it's it's insane to me that no nobody checks it goes, "Well, if the principle is wrong that I shouldn't do X. It's they're doing X, so I should do it too. It's it's just the craziest, most ineffective thing. I just what what people think this is some sort of bastion of liberalism, like progressivism, not liberalism. Yeah. It's a bastion of classical liberalism. Um, we're taking back the word because <laughs> yeah, because back, you know, there's because I'm not living in my feelings. You're living in your feelings. Ron DeSantis feels good. But he's violating the principles that you held 10 years ago. <laughs> like, you know, Joe Biden feels good talking. punishing these people. Joe Biden right. feels it feels good when he, Nina when uh, Nina Jan- Jankowicz leads some board. But you're violating the principles you said you agreed with during the Iraq war. It's mm-hmm. it, it's if you are reacting to other people's reactions, you are being controlled and you're being foolish and we're mm-hmm. all paying the price for it. Oh, it's pissing me off. Um, to, to your point, Harry, um, it's, uh, Charlie Cook over at National Review ended his column, his very good column on this, basically saying they need to, okay, if you're going to create this board, you need to follow this woman around. All of her emails need to be completely open. Every single one of her board meetings needs to be broadcast on C-SPAN. Uh, she needs to be followed, basically, and have complete transparency because you cannot play with the government attacking freedom of speech. Uh, and they're doing it under the guise of migrants and Russian propaganda. And we're all wise to this game at this point. We all know exactly what they're doing. We all know exactly what they want to control. We'll, we'll see that as we kind of talk about, you know, play some of these videos from Nina. You know, we know exactly who this person is and what they want to do and what they want to control. So you better follow them. And he ends the column this way. All told, 
It will be tough to find a more perfect example of modern American progressivism than this for a good while. It exhibits an entirely undeserved epistemological self-confidence. It is driven by a niche moral panic that begins and ends online. It is unabashedly authoritarian in concept and in tone. It involves the addition to the public payroll of one of the silliest people in all the land. And like so much of that contemporary left ends up doing, it has pushed the vast majority of psychologically normal voters into paroxysms of derisive laughter, meaning regular people are having hysterical fits of laughter at how stupid this is. One of the most remarkable features of our age is that the more het up about an issue the American left seems to be, the less serious its saviors seem to become. Daniel Haransani is correct to argue that the very idea of the state putting an impromptu on truth is both dangerous to freedom and laughable. But I wonder if he perhaps is overestimating the extent to which the Democratic Party and its chums will ever be able to control America's national conversation. We are told that we are in the midst of a chronic information crisis, and yet the best the progressives can do to fight it is to promote Brian Stelter, Taylor Lawrence, Jen Psaki, and Nina Jankowitz. Thoughts? Oh, man. Yeah. yeah. It is a scary idea to, to allow the government, the government, to control the truth or be able to do the truth. We, It's the, the exact same thing we've gone through. I, and you're right. We're wise to this game because the last two years, we all let, uh, people have allowed Fauci to be the the science, which which is the worst thing that ever could have happened, because the the CDC, the Mayo Clinic, John Hopkins, they never pushed up one one doctor, one scientist. It was a panel. We brought a panel of scientists here. None of them are the science. None of them are the truth. They we are discussing opinions and and checking another person's opinion and voting our own opinion, and we're also getting checked from other people. Not one hospital, not one area could be the truth there were a lot of different hospitals and doctors that was like no we do not believe the cdc on this thing and it seems like we are codifying that to a truth from the government who we have tons of paperwork and tons of we've got the documents of them lying. of recent examples did you did you ever read the article about the suppression of information by the covid board and it was in i think vanity fair <laughs> it was not in uh, Reinhold just dropped off. Uh, oh, he's getting. There's a Libertarian Party of Indiana meeting, and he's on the board. So Reinhold just dropped off. Um, yeah, what was? I'll have to find the article, but I'll I'll find it. But it was basically Fauci and Burks and everybody talking about how they needed to cover up something, and I'll be ruined if this information gets out. And I mean, it was a direct example of lying over the last few years. I mean. I'll find the, the 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 clip from 2019 of Fauci saying masks don't work, just exercise. Right, yeah, just exercise <laughs> and get yourself back. Hold on, you, you monologue while I find these things, so people oh, yeah, need to hear it. Yeah, but there's tons of different things about there. John Hopkins University came out at efficacy on like wearing masks and just doing different tests like that. Because uh, as we all know, whoever ever worked in any like environment, warehouse environment, the kitchen or around blood, is that improperly worn PPE doesn't work and is actually harmful. So you've got people out there wearing masks that are, you know, improperly worn or it's old or it gets moist. It's like, so it just becomes like 
it becomes ineffective. And then you've got someone who's got this mask on for like five hours. Probably has got all kinds of other fecal matter on it because they're just breathing around here. You guys are touching the dang mask, you know, or if they're not wearing it correctly and it's not around that ceiling around the side, it drops to basically. Well, that's, that, I remember watching Fauci on one of those Sunday morning shows saying like, don't bother with, do not bother with uh, a mask because you're just going to touch your face more. And so it just always like, that was one of the things that really made me, go what is going on here like the cloth masks don't work why are we all wearing cloth masks and pretending this does anything yeah uh, cloth masks with logos on it and branding we're all pushing them out there with some neoprene on it and then you've got people out there like swimming or exercising with a mask on but yeah 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 it's the yeah if you just exercise you know you, you it's good for you exercise is great for you here's uh fauci in may 2019 on I don't know what the, on Bloomberg. For me to prevent getting an infectious disease and having to have you as my doctor is what? He's asking um, the best way to wearing prevent Wearing a mask. It. No, um, no, no, no. How do you do that? <laughs> you, um, if somebody's, I can see they're ready to sneeze or cough, you, walk away. You avoid all the paranoid aspects and okay. do something positive. A, good diet. B, you don't smoke, I know. I know you don't drink, at least not very much, so that's pretty good. Get some exercise. I know that you don't get as much exercise as yes, you should. That's correct. Get good sleep. I think the, the normal, low-tech, healthy things okay. are the best thing that you can do, David, is stay All healthy. All right. Well, I'm going to try to do that. And, and if, if anybody had said that on, like, people got banned for saying exactly that in 2020 and 2021. Mm-hmm. Yep. Like, that was misinformation. Uh, and if you don't think that the uh, uh, we're we're creating this board to fight misinformation in Russian propaganda around elections and uh, for, you know, people are saying that the U.S. border is wide open and poor people are being hurt at the border and we need to stop that. Those are very noble things. And that's what the government does. They try to introduce programs that are very noble things. And then it wildly metastasizes into something that starts to destroy the system. Government is a cancer, Harry. Um, So what do you think about that? Go ahead. I was just going to say like, yeah, but like, yeah, uh, plot twist. We uh, actually need those migrants into this country because our population is going to decrease and we uh, need them to come in and work because uh, you guys uh, keep bringing up kids who don't want to uh, work on our awful uh, farms and be exploited. So, yeah, you know, it's your guys' fault. This shouldn't happen. Vanity Fair, March 31st, 2022. Catherine Ebon is the author inside the virus hunting nonprofit at the center of the lab leak controversies. Chasing scientific renown, grant dollars, and approval from Dr. Anthony Foucher, Fauci, Peter Dazak transformed the environmental nonprofit EcoHealth Alliance into a government-funded sponsor of risky, cutting-edge virus research in both the U.S. and Wuhan, China. Drawing on more than 100,000 leaked documents, a Vanity Fair investigation shows how an organization dedicated to preventing the next pandemic found itself suspect of helping start one. And you go through here and you read these mm-hmm. conference calls that are happening. Uh, after Bloom described his research, the Zoom meeting became extremely contentious, he wrote. Anderson leapt in, saying he found the preprint deeply troubling. Uh, you know, they are all yelling at each other. Uh, mm-hmm. 
Anderson, who had found some of his emails with Fauci from early in the pandemic publicly released through FOIA requests, leveled a third objection. We need security outside his house, and my preprinted my preprint would fuel conspiratorial notions that China was hiding the data and thereby led to more criticism of people such as himself. Um, that's when Anderson made a suggestion that surprised Bloom. He was, this is all a, um, this is all a government body that is meeting on a Zoom. Mm-hmm. Uh, he, he said delete the preprint or revise it in a way that would leave no record that this has been done given the contentious nature of the meeting at that point both fauci and collins distanced themselves from anderson's offer with fauci saying as bloom recalled it just for the record i want to be clear that i never suggested you delete or revise the preprint they seem to know that anderson had gone too far um but you can read this long long article in vanity fair Mm-hmm. talking about government agents wanting to cover things up. So, uh, yeah, it's... I mean, Harry, this is just the nature right, so, of government. Government wants to control and cover up and all of that stuff. Yeah, especially the uh, uh, son of a two-quid uh, whore prostitute, uh, Peter Balsack. That sack of crap, that piece of garbage is the reason why COVID was able to spell and as much as it did, because that piece of garbage worked with the WHO and and the uh, People's Republic of China, basically the Communist Party, to put fill out the disinformation out there, talk about, oh, there's no human human combat. Uh, oh, we just discovered this. This is awful. Peter Balsack, that sack of crap in that mention in that article, that's him. him Reinhold, that welcome back. Hot Take Harry has been on another spree. Uh, he's he's un- unleashed. Oh, he's on a rant. Yeah, Harry rant. So, so I was just I was going to say too the um, do we want to really give this type of power or this type of position over to someone like Christopher Rufo? Right, you know? who will be the information czar <laughs> who? Already yeah. is headed to be the head of every school board in the nation. Yeah. Or Dinesh D'Souza, one of the right. two. I mean, both would be horrible options, right? So let's yeah. let's not do that. Because liberal yeah. tears, if, if Trump gets – they care more about liberal tears. Uh, yeah, so if you're a liberal listening to the show still after Hot Take Harry's day, you got to think about it. You know, this is, the, the government has two speeds, mm-hmm. putting out infographics mm-hmm. and, uh, you know, crushing poor people under its thumb. And uh, this is their infographic. And a lot of this, hey, we talk about on the show, you know, disinformation stops with you. They convened a large panel to create this infographic that you've never seen and never heard of that I found through deep research, uh, clicking several links to get to. Um, Now, nothing in here is controversial. It just, you know, here's how you here. Here's a sheet, a six page sheet on how to recognize misinformation. Question the source. Think before you link. Talk to your friends, you know, uh, you know, nothing in here. And like, that's, you know, this is the kind of stuff that, you know, they repeat themselves that they, that they do. Yeah. I think uh, I posted an article in one of the wall chat rooms and I, about someone like getting hurt, you know, because of misinformation and Spangles quick reply. Did this person not have agency? Right. <laughs> and I just and this is all this is like so you, these people don't have agency are schools which you force us to try to send our kids to. It probably doesn't uh, adequately get them to have the ability to question and read these. Uh, what what, what were we talking about? What did I what was my brilliant reply to? 
it was an article I wrote because someone's family member was hurt uh, because of like a COVID because of misinformation online that they didn't want to take the vaccine. Oh they yeah. They didn't want to do th- certain steps, but like this just wasn't like someone like in the middle of the sticks there, like, uh, um, you know, like out there in the middle of the, the deep Midwest or the deep West. This is someone that was in New York city. Okay. Yeah. And you're trying to at this. So this person clearly had a city education, understood thing at hospitals where all these scientists around them, yeah, because they're, because these these are patriarchal people who are exactly like Anthony Comstock. You know, and anybody who says we don't know anything about, you know, we, we've never experienced this kind of censorship. I saw Nancy Pitt may say something like, no, let's talk about Anthony Comstock. Uh, Anthony Comstock is this guy who, uh, alive from 1844 to 1915, a dogged reformer imposed his Victorian values on a rapidly urbanizing U.S., sometimes in disregard for the First Amendment. Uh, He was a very religious man, and he organized an independent New York branch of the London Society for the Suppression of Vice. The Society crusaded against pornography and persuaded the Congress to pass federal legislation known as the Comstock Act making illegal the transportation and delivery of obscene, lewd, or lascivious materials. Um, Using his position as a postal agent, Comstock then set out to ensure the law was enforced, culling the mail for improper materials. Comstock and his colleagues later claimed they had destroyed 160 tons of obscenity. You can read more about Comstock. He opposed the use of birth control medications and devices played a role in the late 19th century of abortion. Um... He was instrumental in ending the Louisiana lottery. Uh, He tried to suppress Mrs. Warren's Profession, a play by George Bernard Shaw, uh, sympathetic to prostitution, and Shaw coined the term Comstockery. Uh, He is the guy that basically H.L. Mencken and his, you know, magazine, he he sold his magazine in Boston to one of these Comstockery guys, and got arrested and had a big free speech trial. You know, then you had the Committee on Public Information in World War One. President Woodrow Wilson established the committee in April 1917 through the executive order in response to the U.S. entry into World War One, an attempt to mobilize public opinion behind the war effort with every available form of mass communication. And what happened all across the nation, you know, and and Mencken relates to this too. Mencken, a proud German who supported the Kaiser, tried to defend all of the people living in the Midwest, including the area of Indianapolis I currently live in, that was largely German. I go to the YMCA there, which was a turn of Aaron for the American Turner Society, which was this um, German, you know, the Germans invented gymnastics in these Turner societies. Look it up. It's a really cool civic society. Uh, And Spangle is a bastardization of Spengler. Somewhere along the line, somebody changed our name from a German German form to an anglicized form. And lots of you have that, too. Because people were getting the crap beat out of them in World War I because of this propaganda. You know, the most recent example is Muslims in 9-11 and the propaganda that was basically used by the Bush administration that led to Muslim, anti-Muslim sentiments. Mm -hmm. Um, You... This stuff has real-world consequences. Speech does have real-world consequences, which is why it's up to every single one of us to think about what we consume and what we share and amplify. And 
the government, the best they can do is make the problem worse and create some infographics that don't that nobody sees while spending tens of thousands of dollars on that infographic. Mm-hmm. Um, so this this Comstockery notion from a you know a, uh, a a deeply religious person is the same exact patriarchal attitude of somebody like Richard Hanina. And I don't know if this guy is some sort of fake account. <laughs> he could he could totally I could be sharing a parody account and not know it. Um, be sure to check out my Telegram channel at Chris Spangle Show. I'm posting a lot more politics there than I am on you know these other platforms. Twitter I sh- I share whatever, but if you liked following me on Facebook, I'm not really doing stuff there anymore uh, because there's just no point. Nobody sees any anything on Instagram or Facebook. And it's just going to get me banned five years from now. So I'm on, I got a Telegram channel and I shared this there. Um, Richard writes, Elon Musk takes over Twitter. He's a billionaire who doesn't even have a master's degree. Is that who we are going to trust with the future of our democracy? A few more years on a college campus where he could have been exposed to diverse ideas, Harry, and a professional educator... <laughs> Who, who could have made a great difference in his outlook in a time when so many are getting that experience. Doesn't our democracy deserve better education matters. Please listen to a master's who has experience in activism. He means Sean King and working for social justice and note that the contrast with Elon Musk's naive notions of free speech. Now Zuby responded to this, a libertarian uh, musical artist, uh, Elon Musk takes over Twitter. He's a billionaire who doesn't even have a master's degree. Is this who are we going to trust the future of our democracy? Zuby replies, yes. Richard writes, how does that make you feel as a black man? There are young black men with degrees living in poverty as we speak. Zuby writes, I'm actually a black woman. Please don't assume my gender. Richard replies, I'm sorry. Even with a PhD and a JD, I don't always get it right. I appreciate you correcting me and your words will guide me forward. It's a great troll. Um, yeah, so this this notion, Harry, uh, it's just patriarchal. It's people who <laughs> think that they know better than your dumb ass, who just is exposed to too much information. We just really need to control how stupid you are, because you might read misinformation that will get you killed. And I'm saying there's a COVID vaccine. There's treatments for COVID. At this point, if you are not protecting yourself... That's on you. That's on, you're not spreading yeah. the disease. We know that now. Like these, these are all things that are understood. But we just need to protect this woman and remove her agency as a thinking human being because she's just too stupid. Yeah. Well, they're all just too stupid. Well, the other thing is with like, uh, they're very upset at this African American um, owning a, a company and controlling, uh, you know, Twitter. All right. That's what they're upset at. But the other thing is, there's like hot what take. Harry strikes again, Reinhold. What's a, and when they talk about like uh, I'm not the biggest Elon Musk fan. I like to hate on Elon Musk. I think he's a con man. I think he's a uh, vaporware salesman. Those are my uh, alleged thoughts of this guy. Because where's the Cybertruck? Where's my where's my stupid Hyperloop? Oh well, these are all bad ideas. Shout out to Thunderfoot, by the way. Um, but it's 
that that I like hating on Elon Musk because so I know a little about him. So the idea that he doesn't have any personal thought, like, what are you talking about? He's around engineers all the freaking time, and these engineers aren't coming just from Stanford, and they're not white, just white bread, cornbread people sitting in Stanford all the time. No, he's dealing with all kinds of diverse thought and diverse people dealing with SpaceX. So this idea of like, oh, he doesn't know what he's talking about. He's not meeting all these people. It's just it's laughable. It's just like, are you just so on Twitter so much? You don't see the bigger picture. You don't see what's going on. But then again, it is Twitter. So, Well, and the thing, too, is he. there is a point to be made that Musk doesn't really get. He's got a naive notions about free speech. A lot of people have kind of naive notions about free speech when really what they're talking about is the freedom to be heard to, it, and have your words be heard by other people. Like, So it's not like I can say what I want to say. It's like you can't stop people from, you can't stop me hearing what you said, or I, you can't, I can't stop that from happening. Right. Forcing people to basically listen to other people that against their will, which is a violation of free speech and free association as well. Right. So it, there's a lot more nuance around the idea of free speech, especially in the world of social media and the internet mm-hmm. and how we're going to eventually get to this. Mm-hmm. And, and I don't think looking to Elon as being the savior of free speech is in any way rational. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I now, the problem think- is, is that we don't educate people in this country on how to recognize what is a fact, what is a, an opinion, what is, I mean, we've got people who are complaining about news media when they're usually just complaining about the opinion part of the news and not the actual reporting part of the news. But I think Around you, the, you would part of the, the news is not a hundred percent great. But they always point to, well, look what they said here, and they go point to an opinion article. And it's like, that's mm-hmm. opinion. That's not. You got to understand the difference between the two and, and, and how to research things and find out what, you know, when you get told something in, in an opinion piece and, and they give you certain information, what are they leaving out? What are the counter arguments that they're trying to avoid you asking? <laughs> you know, you have to recognize the stuff. There's got to be critical thinking classes. Now, I went to high school. And I didn't get, you know, I didn't get trained in that. So you you well, nailed on something. Right, you know, a lot of people, well, 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 a lot of people on the right think that Elon Musk is going to save free speech, and they're as delusional as Leo Laporte, who thinks that free speech is going to die. Twitter is something you can delete off of your phone. Harry, you nailed it. These online debates that exist online that don't exist in the real world fool people on the extreme right and left who spend too much time on these services and think that this represents reality. It doesn't. It's like 5% of the... 1% of the population lives on Twitter. And Elon Musk is going to walk in there, have a ton of meetings, and he's going to realize how difficult... Go listen to that Rogan interview with Jack Dorsey and and the person that cried. Like, it's a bigger challenge than most people think. And Elon Musk certainly could make the platform worse by removing all these restrictions and filters and unfettered free speech, and it could end up gab. And then the, the thing dies, and that's that could totally happen. Or he could make it better. He could make it a great product that everybody wants to use, and it's the right, you know, he's excelled at it. Nobody knows the answer. So to say that this guy is going to give you exactly what you think you want and what you expect, or to think that he is going to destroy something, including the entire society, you're fools if you hold those opinions. Like, we don't know. Just hang back. Let's see what happens. 
you know, yeah. but the, the in reality, this is just Twitter, Harry. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and that interview with Joe Rogan and um, uh, and and Twitter and that yeah, the lady who cried uh, with uh, uh, other Beanie Brother uh, Tim Pool, he got some really good ones on there. So like, it's 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 essentially good to go back and rewatch that episode. It's really good, Beanie but, Brother. Yeah. Yeah. What? What? Temple was a beanie. I wear a beanie. It's you know, it's beanie bros. Okay. Anyways, but uh, the the aspect of it with it is, you're right. All these conversations, not everyone has a, tw- a Twitter account. Twitter is not even one of the biggest, largest social media networks. I don't think it ever has. I think it's like fifth it's, or sixth. Yeah. 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 It's like yeah. It's what. Yeah. yeah it's top top five. Well, it's one of the top fives. As it, it all fluctuates because I because uh. And so not everyone's on there. You know. It's and I still don't know what their business model is either. So. Uh, right. Right. And, and and it's been shown this week that they possibly allegedly have been pumping and juicing the numbers a little bit too much. I'm. Which, I'll, I'll be honest. I don't know what's happened, but you know, on these big accounts that I run, all of a sudden for the first time in years, we're starting mm-hmm. to see real follower growth. Mm-hmm. I'm starting to see algo- algorithm lift. I'm starting to see people pop back up. I'm wondering if, this is wild speculation, if like engineers at Twitter are doing something, they're giving Elon what he wants before he's actually in control as a way to kind of like sync the deal. Like, wh- why is Tucker back all of a sudden when Elon yeah, doesn't Charlie control Kirk's the company? on there too. Right. Like, why are those people, po- like Elon does not control the company yet. And I wonder if people are doing that stuff to kind of give him bad press, you know, mm-hmm. and kind of fuel the fire. That's my guess. I wouldn't be surprised if well, we yeah, find that out. Well, the, yeah, the, the thing, thing is, too, is got, I was going to say, like, the, I, I uh, they, they locked like, out they locked out engineers of changing anything of the source code. Also, uh, you have to get VP approval to do anything with it right now. Anything on, on, mm-hmm, yep. Yep, they had to lock them out. They locked them, locked all the engineers out. So if you have to do a change on Twitter right now to get some of the source code, you need VP uh, approval to mm. this deal goes through. The uh, and it does feel like some sort of block or something was changed because a lot of other people are noticing yeah. like, this growth pattern. And if you go on to like the social place, like the uh, of some of these of a bunch of different networks, you're watching these massive rising ties and moving things. So it's like someone is trying to cover their tracks before the deal has gone through. Yeah. So it's like we've got to do this, but because we're going to get scrutinized all hell, so let's get remove some things. Well, I, he- I heard, too, from s- several large kind of left type of entertainment people that they immediately saw thousands of followers just drop immediately. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if that's people, you know, trying to delete their accounts because they hear that this is coming because they're over. I would totally buy how that. much of it. But how much of it might be that Twitter may have been pumping some numbers for mm-hmm. certain people in order to counter you as know? much so- as I think Dave Rubin is a dope. I think he was spot on in saying, like, why do I get, I have a fraction of the millions of users the New York Times has. Why do they get, like, two retweets on stories? Why, when they're this institution, why do they get so little interaction but have so many likes? I bet they have a lot of fake likes. And Elon said he'd take a look at it. Uh, and that's like buying likes. Like we are libertarians, did that in the early days. Like we had like we were stuck at like eighty three people on our Facebook page, so we bought a thousand mm-hmm. likes from some Filipino friends. And Allegedly. man, all of the sudden we were the top tier of the liberty. Like it was crazy how much that social proof like helped us, you know. And then there was like the chicks on the right who bought like a hundred thousand likes and then got Allegedly. a radio show and, that, and yeah, right. Allegedly, yeah, after, they after hate when I point that out, but it's, it happened. You, so. It happened. Uh, but you have a contact. 
Yeah, the reason... Oh, she's furious when I point that out, but I know it happened. Uh, but <laughs> Allegedly. like That's Allegedly. why I was never invited on their show. Rob loves me, has me on their show, but that she nixed it. Um, but, the, you know, buying likes early was a big deal. And, you know, now all those have kind of gone away. It's, it's all AI done. But back in the day, it was like, you know, literally a physical person creating an account and you, you'd go on Fiverr and buy likes. Um, and yeah. we absolutely did it for our Twitter. We did it, you know, but like we didn't have much money. So it was like by the hundreds and not the thousands. But, um, it, and it did help. It helped the algo. It's how we got, you know, one of the ways we got to 100,000 likes on Facebook. But that Allegedly. product's unusable. Um, Allegedly. Well, so, you know, I, before we go, we got to put the cherry on top of the ice cream. Um, and I want to show you uh, who Nina Jankowitz is and what she does and why do we, you know, she's got the Ukrainian flag in her profile. Uh, this is, you know, she is also a singer, apparently. She's done a couple tunes. Um, and I'll just let you be the judge. Uh, she's actually a very good singer. I will give her this. But here is her song about disinformation that she posted on TikTok. Information laundering is really quite ferocious. It's when a huckster takes some lies and makes them sound precocious by saying them in Congress or a mainstream outfit. So disinformation's origins are slightly less atrocious. It's how you handle the lie, the lie. It's how you handle the lie, the lie. It's how you handle the lie, the lie. When Rudy Giuliani shared that intel from Ukraine, or when TikTok influencers say COVID can cause pain, they're laundering disinfo, and we really should take note and not support their lies with our wallet, voice, or vote. So here's the information laundering. Oh God, please stop! But 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 did Giuliani have a laptop? Yeah, Rudy Giuliani had a laptop. That was the bad intel from Ukraine she's talking about. Notice that the the points of misinformation. This is shh, this is uh, the the information was verified by the New York Times. Reinhold. No, no. You, uh, uh, Go ahead. She's not talking about that. She's talking about something else. But I know that's but what I'm you all saying, always like, do. Oh, we're not talking about the thing that everybody knows she's talking about. They're talking about some other thing. Mm-hmm. It's got this other it thing. was about the. Uh, no, no, <laughs> no, no. Go no, ahead. No, we want to hear it. Hot take, Harry. Get it up because the whole thing. Because we need hot take. Reinhold verify the original New York Post story. The New York Post story was still bad. It was still wrong. All they did was say that okay, the the information that they got was good, but they were saying, the Post was saying that the information was saying that Biden did all this and Hunter did all this and blah, 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 blah. None of that was in the information. Okay. That wasn't ever proven. All they did was say, yeah, there was, a, there was a data from a laptop, which may have been planted. Who knows? We still don't know any of that information. But that's all the Times did was they changed one word in an article, and now everybody thinks that the Hunter Biden story is completely true. Everything about it is true, which isn't the case. And that's where we get into what misinformation is, is that there's usually somewhere in the middle between both of these sides where the truth lies. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And you're not getting it because you've got people yelling at each other from either side about this is all this way or this is all that way. And they're not looking at, you know, where are the holes and the cracks where the real truth is lying in this thing. Yeah. No, I, I didn't follow the Hunter Biden thing. I didn't care about it. We didn't do it here because it always felt like one of those let's just wait and see what the truth is type of stories. Um, so, and because somebody was going to find out the truth and that's 
really like the new Chris Spangle show, We Are Libertarians motto. It's like, after the Covington kid, I was like, we're going to take our time <laughs> like, mm-hmm. um, and let things get that, that seem sus work themselves out uh, instead of just jumping on the hot takes. Um, mm-hmm. If it makes us late, I don't care. I mean, this is this is uh, a part-time job, not my full-time career to, to, to promote you. Uh, to, to, to promote a, a side, right? <laughs> We're trying to suss yeah. out the info. Well, uh, yeah. so, and since it's part-time, it's really easy to get to pass this information or pass bad info around. If, if this were my full-time job, and this is one of the things that I always battle myself because I'd love to do this full-time, I want to. We need your financial support to do more. I've got storytelling show ideas that I want to do that I just don't have the budget for. <laughs> Um, yep. So if you're listening this late in the program, you're the person that needs to support us financially. But, you know, if you do it full time, if you're like a Tim Pool, you're incentivized to push stories, push disinformation sometimes, right? Push things that are hot takes and beat up on trans people because it's going to get you the likes, you know. But if it's not your full living, it's just uh, the way uh, literally like wall funds always, itself and then pays uh, a couple uh, like the light bill for me so that, that was the, always the problem with like uh alex jones and and those people you know and rush and that sort of thing is that they're trying to make you come back every day right come mm-hmm. back for all every show so they're they can't have lulls they have to try to amp up certain stories every they have day to try to g- create outrage and that's what we've done is we've created an outrage culture it's not a it's not a cancel culture it's not a woke culture it's outrage culture and social People media incentivizes about it. everything yeah social yeah, media incentivizes that that's how you get social the likes media yeah social media makes it works but like i said rush was doing it you know he was doing that every day he was doing that on the on the air three hours a day trying to get people ginned up yeah and he, he did it in a fun way it was it was entertaining i listened to it for years uh but there comes a point where you notice that he's making issues out of things that shouldn't be made issues out of that. They're not that big of a deal. Why are we doing this? And you start to see people starting going at each other. And that's, that's the problem with the incentivation. Why, why news shouldn't be a profit center. It should be a cost center for organizations. Like CBS news used to do, we used to do news, right? Based off of, um, what well, what they thought was the right thing to tell, but they didn't worry about making any money or not. Yeah, right? Harry. So anyway, that's. Oops. Sorry, I, I was shocked that Ryan Holt said CVS. I was I was waiting for something from like the eighteen hundreds. You know, like the uh, <laughs> the Rushville Republican back in my day. Sorry, right? <laughs> But no, you know, Reinhold's going to be right, but you, you've got these organizations that are, but that type of content that Reinhold talks about, that's very difficult content to do. Even like, a, so here, like you, you mentioned, Rob, Rob ha- is attached to a very good newsroom. The, the WIBC newsroom does a lot of work, but it's not a massive newsroom by any means and trying to cover an entire state. Good and luck. They miss things just like every other newsrooms miss things because they don't. Because the way they've also changed different things, uh, it's really hard to get uh, news reporters out there. So Tim Pool, we, we mentioned this guy, the BD guy, Tim Pool, um, he got his start because he was just a man with a camera and a plan and go out there to take photos, to take things, write articles, record things, and reports back to people. That type of reporting is like invaluable to find out what the heck is going on, which most 
news agencies don't want to do. That's that's difficult. So that's why the AP and Reuters gets um, you know sent out everywhere because Reuters and AP just you know they've got people out there doing this type of work. You know, it's so if you. Uh, I like that type of work. You're right. You, you know, go if you see something, write something down. You could be your shelf journalist out there and get on YouTube. But it's that type of information, of that type of misinformation that they really like to stop is because people are around getting information from uh, all kinds of random sources. That's an ugly background. Come on, man. Come on. I expected better from you when you're on your Mac. Uh, well, I just think this is. Mac? This is. I know, right? First off, Mac, too. Yeah, we, yeah, we, yeah, we noticed oh, that was a Mac. Shut up. It's, 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 there's probably three different operating systems right here. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> you went said the picture of uh, Nina with holding a gun in her official picture that says you will support the current thing. You will gun. support the current thing. Yeah. Oof. Oof. Nothing like having a government govern, government employee on the Chinese oak platform. Yay, Tencent. You know, that's a really good point, actually. Uh, now, our final our final video here is uh, Nina Jankowitz, who sang an erotic Harry Potter song, not not a, not a Harry song. So here is that song. Let's see how she does. Went looking for some prefects in the bathroom one day, but instead I found Harry, and so I said, "Hey, I helped him solve the mystery." That's a whole thing. That is that was Myrtle. Yeah. Harry, she didn't yeah. say Potter. You could take that and you know send it to your wife, and she could mm-hmm. make it about you. Actually, maybe I should make that the uh, theme song for the Loki Wall. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> that is the person making the judgment, the official judgment using the force of government. Mm-hmm. Uh, they have all the guns. Making of this person's judgment is better than yours. And she has power and you don't. Do you like that? Do you think that's wise? Do you think that's smart? I don't. Uh, so final words, fellas. Well, my final word is this just like if you wanted to know truth, uh, you've got to get out of the caves. I'm sorry. Gotta yeah. get out of the caves. And explain uh, the Plato's under- cave. <laughs> Heck no. You've got time. Read all of it. It's fine. But read no Plato's cave. Yeah. Yeah. Go ahead. Good luck. Don't don't fall. Uh, don't do it on Audible while you're driving. You will fall asleep. Anyways, no. Um, understand that it's, it's your idea as a human being that you can discover and read different things. Don't let people put up these wall gardens of knowledge around you. If you are interested, like if going through this pandemic, you were interested in a lot of the science of the biology from it. You can pick up a biology book and understand more of it. It's okay. You can learn this type of stuff. You can pick up a book. Education is free. You've already paid for the libraries. They already stole the money from you to build these libraries, and all the information is there. Just go read it. It's great. It's informa- It's great information. Like The more and more I read about um, uh, like physics and chemistry and knowing about nuclear science, it's, it's very fascinating, and I wish I would have did that in college instead of IT a little bit because it's incredibly interesting. And I also want to get a shout-out to Thunderfoot because Reinhold and I was working on – was getting ready to work on an episode to talk about maintenance on nuclear weapons. <laughs> and uh, as doing we- we- uh, research for it, um, uh, Thunderfoot beat us to it because he, he's a – 
he does he's a scientist and he that's his daily job while Reinhold and I working on computers while trying to do to it. And it's a great video. I recommend going out there from the Voice of Thunder channel. Um Thunderford sit there and did it. It's that's uh if you really want to know the maintenance on the maintenance on that because the US government spends like forty billion a year uh maintaining their nuclear stockpile. So nice. It's after watching all this of uh, the Russian military do things, it's kinda like ooh, where did that money go? <laughs> spending no to maintain theirs. Right, because it's got to be more because they have more, and their environment that they're stored is probably not the best either. And then what happened to the '90s to this? Do they have because the uh, the oxidization rate is some of the best part of the video, like how like which didn't dawn on me like holy smoke, this, they can rust, can't they? <laughs> but well, anyway. the other thing too is that Russia was never known for the best nuclear technology. It, it <laughs> would work, but wasn't exactly the best. Yeah. But uh, on my side, you know, uh, if we're going to talk about boring authors, let's just uh, listen to Tolkien describe a tree for five pages. But um, <laughs> when we get into uh, this whole thing about truth is is really a tough one to crack, in my opinion. I, don't, I still don't think I have a handle on what I think the answers are going to be or what we need to do. But I think we really need to start with um, making people more aware. And you do that by getting the information out and educating people through free speech rights. I mean, you, you tell people you, you put that information out there and the good information should eventually rise to the top. Uh, I know that was a big fear. And we talked about it. I talked about it last week with the quote from Terry Pratchett, but at some point we need to, as a people diminish the conspiracy theory stuff and raise up the factual stuff and, and, come together on that as an understanding, even if we disagree or we have a different political bent. Uh, I just don't know if we are a society right now able to do that because of the massive outrage culture that has been created and everybody hating each other. So the reflex, we talked about it earlier, the reflex of uh, why are the left so against Elon Musk? It's just because the right are for it and the right are for it because the left were against it. You know, it's just, it's back and forth. He's no one's cathartic. even looking at the actual facts or making good points. They're just spouting off these cliches, and it's it's annoying, and uh, there's a lot of noise out there. So cutting through that noise is the worst part. Yeah, for my part, Elon Musk is cathartic. Having had the We Are Libertarians business model of broadcasting on social, basically Facebook especially, uh, YouTube and you know instagram and to a lesser extent twitter on my personal accounts and the we are libertarians accounts systematically shut down any kind of reach that we have um because the word libertarian is in the name associations you know accounts are networked together you follow these accounts because you know part of what i tried to do in the early days of this was to network together the libertarian movement for new people to understand what was going on you know, things like libertarianpodcast.com and libertyexplained.com, which both exist still, if you want to go check those out. Like, our accounts have been systematically shut down. And when you bring some of that up and go, this is a real problem for, like, people who are trying to do the right thing, you're told, oh, that's not real, or it's not that big of a deal, or right-wing censorship isn't happening, it's happening on the left, too. And yeah, but, like, saying to someone who is living an experience that their experience doesn't matter and isn't a big deal 
is what I thought we were all against, <laughs> right? And to see the people who have said that stuff to me for five years upset and basically like walking to the other side, now you can say to them, it's a private company. Like, it just, I don't know, it feels good. It's it. It's not nice. It's not supposed to feel good. I'm not supposed to find joy in the happiness of people that, like, have hurt my business and have made my ability to do this a lot, le- a lot harder, a lot more expensive. And it just feels good. And, and like, there's a catharsis to it. And you want Elon to come in and, and like, give you back the organic reach that you had in 2014 so you can reach more people with your message. I don't I don't know that that's going to happen. I'm not looking at this guy as a savior, but it does feel pretty good. And that I think is is, you know, the people who uh who kind of think like me or and are on that side like are enjoying it and it feels good and people who are your opponents don't like that. They don't want to see you win, they don't want to see you happy. Um and I think that's a big part of it, but yeah, uh, <laughs> I think that it's it's just re- all reactionary. Uh, thank you guys. We will be fake live for the next three weekends. I've got my twentieth uh, high school reunion one Saturday. We've got I'm going to a race one Saturday. Uh, Harry and Gunther have a party that I will be attending, so there will be a show Saturdays for you guys. I will be doing it just through the week to make sure that we meet our commitments, but um, Harry and Reinhold have May off, basically. So uh, thank you to you guys for being here, and we thank you all for listening. We love you. We appreciate you. And uh, hey, if you got something out of it, please spread the word. You sharing the podcast is literally the only way it's going to grow. That's the only thing that works. And a special shout-out to Ron Milford. We really appreciate you. You watch all of our stuff. After every show, you go and thank the guests for coming on. You talked about it in your podcast, The Ron Milford Show. Uh, So we just really appreciate you, and thank you so much for sharing. And we ask everybody, go check out The Ron Milford Show. Uh, Just a regular dude from uh, the Fort Wayne area who is a really nice guy and uh, really appreciate him. So thank you. We see it. We appreciate it. And with that, we say we will see you again next week.